0: hi everyone welcome back to for the girls for our japan grand prix recap what a bizarre race safety concerns points confusion a quote-unquote surprise championship for the least surprising and most dominant driver and shout out to those of you who stayed up to watch in the us to those who woke up across the pond and a very well-deserved normal race time for our fans in asia australia new zealand we loved hearing all your plans on discord well, we have a 2022 champion friends. Do not have to tell you who that is since we all already know, but Max we're stopping. congratulations. He joins three other drivers to win the championship with four races left in the season. Mansell, Schumacher and Vettel also have done that, so he is in good company. We will get into everything that happened. With
1: that, I'm Tiggy. I'm Sarah and I'm Chessa. All right, let's do our main takeaways from the weekend. I think for me, I'm just very, very conflicted. There was a lot going on. So of course, I'm never going to give up or say no to an entertaining race. It was great despite the super late start and the rain pushing everything back. But of course, since I'm always one to keep the drama going, I certainly did not love the way things ended. I wish we could have seen the championship just cinched a few races later. But first of all, I will say, Way to go, Max, on another awesome win. And of course, I'm sorry that he did not get the moment that he deserved. It was all very chaotic in how he found out that he won. But I think another thing for me was the rain. It was just obviously pushing everything back, making everything a little bit crazy. But it was just wild and dangerous. And I think there's probably going to be a lot of learning lessons.
2: Yeah, I totally second everything Chesso just said. Congrats to Max for another just incredibly dominant race win, a second title, and an amazing season overall. But it's super unfortunate that once again the conversation is more about the FIA than about Max winning the title on the race that he wraps it up. We'll get into it much more detail. But Signs came within feet of getting T-boned at full speed, which Max said was very lucky didn't happen. A tractor went on track to recover Science's car in zero visibility conditions in an almost exact replica of how Jules Bianchi suffered his fatal injuries in 2014. Kelsey said he could have died. Lando and Chuck got out of their cars and almost immediately started saying started tweeting that the FIA had replicated what killed Jules. And I just really can't remember anything like that happening in recent memory, which is so scary, and it's super upsetting that the drivers were put in that position.
0: Yeah, totally agreed on all of the safety stuff, Sarah. For me, just a super strange race overall from the insanely low visibility and probably the wildest spray I feel like I've ever seen, the almost two-hour red flag period, the seemingly arbitrary confusing rules that not even the drivers or announcers could figure out. Again, we'll talk a lot more about this, but – imagine if this had been the last race of the season and the championship was close. You know, the FIA is lucky. This year's champion was so dominant, but I hope that they is still- true. Yeah. I, I think hope- about that. Yeah. It would have been so controversial. I really hope that they take this opportunity regardless to improve <laughs> on many fronts, but yeah, the championship win was just super awkward and messy when it should have been anything but given Max's dominance this season And it was also a very sad irony that it came down to Charles's mistake and not enough credit, as usual, to Checo being the one to make it happen that day with the pressure he put on Charles. So. All in all, a little awkward, a little messy, and by a little, I mean a lot, but some bright spots in an otherwise chaotic situation were the incredible Vettel and Alonso, and then Ocon and Hamilton battles, and both of the former's performances overall, Vettel and Ocon just put on stunning performances, and... Also, how the Alpine McLaren battle is the gift that keeps on giving. I am enjoying seeing them trade the baton back and forth.
1: That's very true. I think that's the only thing that's going to keep me going now for the rest (laughs) of the season.
0: (laughs) So, how are our hot takes held up?
2: I had said Max win the title, which did happen. I also said Danny Rick high up in the points, which less happened. And I think I also said Mick high up in the points. So,
0: help. For me, While Max won the title, I'll give myself a bit of credit here, given the arbitrariness of the rules and the confusion. No one thought he would have enough points to do so, and he did not get fastest lap. Shout out to Joe. He crossed the line thinking the fight was going to Austin, so I'll give myself maybe like a teensy, teensy bit of partial credit, but he did end up winning, so that is a strike for me, and strike two was manifesting Yuki in the points, which sadly did not happen for his home race.
1: Yeah, mine did not he- hold up very well either, Tiggy. Um, I had Max not winning. Obviously, Max won, but I will say the arbitrariness maybe does help us out a little bit. All right, MVP. For me, my MVP is actually going to be Charles. He defended such so well all the way up until the end. Obviously, Chaco put so much pressure on him, and he made that mistake. But I think h- however many laps he ended up doing, like he was there for a while defending against the defense king himself. So all the credit <laughs> goes to him.
0: I'll be a little harsher on Charles. Of course. (laughs) No, I love Charles. I love him. I just think it was so hard out there. Cheka was putting a ton of pressure on him, but like that kind of mistake to like give the championship to Max that race. Obviously, Max was going to win it regardless, but I don't know. I feel like that is a mistake that top world champion quality drivers should not make, but that's okay. Max, congratulations. Charles still a great race for most of it. My MVP is Vettel. I think what a legend. He did get driver of the day, so at least he got some credit uh, despite everyone talking about the championship. But after spinning out on lap one and climbing back up to fight some incredible midfield battles and the absolute nail-biting race to the finish line with Alonso, those photos that Rebel Pineapple sent in our Discord are just chef's kiss, but overall amazing performance from Vettel and so happy that he did well in japan which he loves
2: i'm gonna go with mvp to the cool down room footage it's just so funny please watch this max and Cheko joke about not knowing if he's champion then a handler claims he's champion and he goes but i'm not are you sure and then the person goes yeah you are and leads him to the now infamous red armchair in front of a 2022 world champion sign it was just so awkward oh my gosh so funny great content yeah,
0: Sarah, I think I might actually have to give LVP to the cooldown room footage because the entire <laughs> awkwardness surrounding the championship win is just almost too much in that red plush chair with the white fur blanket was super awkward. And Max went in there and literally said, quote, I feel a bit lonely and walked back into the cool down room, which I just feel like is incredibly emblematic of the entire season. So I'm going to give that footage while it was very entertaining. I I feel like that's my LVP, just (laughs) the whole situation surrounding it.
2: (laughs) Tiggy, that's so true. I guess the cool down footage can be MVP or LVP dealer's choice. I have to go with the FIA, even under safety car, having a tractor out partially on track during obviously zero visibility conditions is way too dangerous. Several drivers said they literally did not see the tractor at all, even at the reduced speeds under the safety car. So I think it was really only luck that meant this didn't turn into a much more dangerous situation.
1: Yeah, Sarah, I'm gonna have to agree with you on that. The FIA I'm not even gonna call this a blunder. Like there's stronger words that I can use I just think it was absolutely careless ignorant ridiculous and I was actually talking to someone after the race there obviously everyone's very upset but it's it's true like we just decided that okay is this just really coming down to money like they want to just keep moving things along as fast as they can and like this is I think another thing that we've talked about Formula One it's going to have to come to a reckoning soon between like the nature of the sport, safety, quality, all these different things, and then just pure money and cash and, and getting more viewers. So I'm just deeply, deeply disappointed about that one. Switching gears here, um, a little bit of news. I think the race itself was the most news, but we have some updates on the driver market. So after a very long wait, I don't know what they were waiting for. We've talked about this. Alpine finally announced it has signed Gasly for 2023 on a multi-year deal. So they will have two French drivers with a French constructor. So essentially the national team of France at this point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And it is known that Ocon and Gasly have in the past not gotten along, but hopefully it is all water under the bridge, which I think they both have said. And that picture Ocon posted of the two of them as little kids was one of the cutest things I've ever seen. It really made my heart warm. So I'm excited to see them race side by side. I think they're both super talented and, Alpine seems to pretty much know what they're doing at this point, hopefully with the car and everything. So I have high hopes for next season. Yeah,
1: I think it might be Gasly's time to break through. But, of course, shortly after Alpine made their announcement, AlphaTauri announced that they had signed Nick DeVries. DeVries seems like a very nice guy. He's obviously talented. We've seen that. Um, And we're excited to see him on the grid. I love some new blood on the grid. Unfortunately we've all we've all kind of like come to terms with the fact that this probably means that Danny will not be racing next year hopefully he'll sad. be I know hopefully he'll be the Mercedes reserve driver and then be in a good spot for a 2024 seat but since he only wants to be on the F1 grid we probably will not be seeing much of him
0: oh that's sad uh, I'm waiting for the official announcement I guess but maybe maybe we'll see him in reserve capacity which that would be that would be nice <laughs> For practice, FP1, it was so wet. Yuki said there were rivers everywhere, just super, super tough conditions. Mick had a really big crash that Gunther pretty much fully blamed him for, which was sad. Alonso was on top, which was foreshadowing for such a strong weekend from Alpine. The fans here were absolute champs and so committed. They really stuck it out in essentially what seemed like a full monsoon in full costumes. So props to the fans. FP2, it was an extended practice, 30 minutes extra for the drivers to test the Pirelli 2023 tires. But given the conditions, the testing plans were canceled and are likely moving to either or both of Austin and Mexico. Still rainy and lots of people in the gravel, including Charles. Mercedes was looking good. Russell snagged fastest lap just ahead of Hamilton. And Latifi took the wrong turn. If you guys have not seen that video, it is so funny. He mistook a side road before the chicane for the turn itself. And he just goes, Not sure what happened there. The car, really strange. Anyway, I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Latifi. And then We
1: love you. We love uh, him.
0: Going out with a bang. And then FP3, dry conditions, finally. And Max, of course, topped the session. And
2: moving into quali For Q1, it was really tough for Gasly. He had brake problems and a lockup, just was not very happy. Albon, Gasly, K-Mag, Stroll, and Latifi were cut. But Mick made it through, and he did such a cute little woohoo on the radio, which was great. For Q2, Yuki then also had brake problems and was out at his home race. Danny, Rick, Botas, Joe, and Schumacher were out. Danny had a lockup and it was only three milliseconds out of Q3. He was so upset on the radio. But Vettel made it into Q3, so on the bright side. So he has made Q3 every single time he's raced at this track, which is amazing. Then for Q3, kind of the main highlight was Max ended up getting a reprimand for an incident with Lando on both of their outlaps. Max was going pretty slowly, and Lando was trying to pass him. And then Max made a bit of a mistake and swerved, so Lando had to avoid and go on the grass. And at first they seem to have a bit of a tiff, which is trouble in paradise, because they are quite close and were kind of accusing each other of being at fault and being intentional. But then Max said Linda was a very good friend, and they both seemed to agree it was an accident. So all seems okay now. And in the end, the margins were very tight. Max got pulled, but Charles was only one one hundredth off, and Carlos was only six one hundredths off Max. And then we had Checo in P4, Ocon in P5, which is amazing. He was super excited. And then Hamilton, Alonzo, Russell, Vettel, and Norris. Ocon, that was the start of a
0: great weekend for him.
1: Love to see that. Alpine all the way, baby. I'm just like <laughs> switching to an Alpine stand account on my end. So get ready for the rest of the season. I have nothing, I have nothing left to lose. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the race. We are going to do it a little bit differently this week and go chronologically just based on the level of chaos and dysfunction that was the weekend. So first of all, the attempted start. Heavy rain was, predict, was predicted on the radar, the conditions were really bad, and the formula, on the formation lap, everyone started on inters. Quick note before we get into it, let's talk about inters versus full wets. So in wet conditions, team can choose teams can choose between intermediates or full heavy-duty wet tires. So this begs the question, when conditions are as bad as they were at the start of the race, why didn't everyone just go out on those full wets? inters overall are better tires they're great in wet conditions but at the same time they wear out um and they become smooth and less groove so then they're also workable as the track dries up the wet tires are very slow hard to drive on and according to the drivers just don't work that well in general so as a result the wets are very rarely used so this is a little bit of a bigger problem of like what's the point of having wet tires in the first place plus the wet tires um They provide a little bit more grip than the inters, but they still don't fix the problem of having the bad visibility and all of the other things that come with the super, super heavy, rainy conditions. So even if everyone had gone out on wet tires, I think the brace probably still would have needed to stop due to just how bad the visibility and the conditions were. But basically, that's how the attempted start happened. Everyone went out on the formation lap on inters. So
0: that first lap, it got dicey real quick. Several drivers later said that the conditions got much worse from the formation laps to the first few laps of the race. Max seemed to have some wheel spin, didn't get off the line very well, and Charles was pulling ahead of Max going into turn one. Uh, Charles had a a quicker reaction time on that start, but then Max zoomed around the outside, which was a really hard move to pull off in these conditions. It was immediately obvious from the onboards that the spray from cars in front was so bad that drivers could barely see the car in front of them, if at all. I don't think I've ever seen spray that bad. You could not see a single thing if you were anyone behind Max. And at certain points on the track, cars could barely even see the car 10 to 15 feet in front of them. They could just see the flashing light. And visibility for the drivers is actually much much worse than the onboard cameras since drivers are directly receiving the spray and have water on their visors. So I don't know how anyone was driving. Signs went around the hairpin at turn 11 and hit a patch of water. He aquaplaned and had a huge off, hitting the barriers hard enough that his car bounced back onto the track at a 90 degree angle and spread a ton of debris. It is just so lucky that nobody T-boned him at high speed, which is how Antoine Hubert died in an F2 crash in 2019. From his onboard, you can just see cars absolutely flying by so close to his front wing. And afterwards, Carlos said there was no visibility and that the more scary part came a bit later when I was stuck in the middle of the track and I could see cars coming and I knew that they didn't see I was there. And you could see Gasly and a few others coming this close from taking me. If there is no visibility, you are leaving it in God's hands. Wow. That wow. is a quote. And it's so true. The safety car was deployed immediately, and there was a red flag about a lap later. In terms of other lap one incidents, Albon had mechanical problems and pulled off right after Carlos's crash. Alonso and Vettel had already made contact, and Vettel spun but was able to keep going. And Joe also had a spin but was able to continue. So on that first lap, Albon and Sainz were the only ones who DNF'd, but we had lots of other incidents.
1: You know what we love about Articova's cowboy boots? You can wear them all year round and for literally any occasion. Of course, you can wear them at the rodeo or at the ranch, but since we're in New York City, we've been getting creative I even wore mine with a polka dot dress and tights to Sarah's birthday party at a fun trendy bar in New York City. Tacova's is Western to their core and they believe in Western for all, hand making their boots from the most premium leathers. And if you can't make it to a store, visit Tacova's.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and point your toes west. And as a special bonus for you, Tecova's is throwing in a free trucker hat or ball cap worth $30. For all online orders over 100, just use code F1 at checkout. Again, for a limited time, just enter code F1 at checkout to add a free logo hat to your
2: order as a one-time gift from Takovas. only at takovas.com. And so this leads us to the Gasly incident, which is just so scary and upsetting. The series of events was Basically this, so after Sainz's crash, there was immediately a safety car, but the race wasn't red flagged yet, so everyone slowed down, and Gasly had hit a piece of barrier from Science's crash. That was that Rolex sign. You saw him accidentally dragging around, and it got really stuck to his front wing, so he had to pit and came out way in the back of the pack and was trying to catch up to everyone behind the safety car. And then after the hairpin at turn 11, Gasly approached where Science had gone off, and race control had already deployed the tractor and Marshall to remove Science's car, even though there was no visibility. As we were saying, drivers could barely even see the car in front of them. And from the onboards, you can see that Gasly just flew past the tractor. The tractor's barely vis- barely visible at all in the onboard. And as we are saying, drivers' visibility is even worse than what we're seeing. It's so crazy. Alonzo and Ricardo also later said they did not see the tractor at all. And Alonso said he Whoa. didn't even see Carlos's car. So it's really just luck that this didn't turn way worse. So the red flag was thrown right about all of this was happening. But the FI is saying they threw it right before Gasly encountered this incident. But according to Gasly, it was too late for him to see it and react as he approached Science in the tractor. And also in these conditions, you can't just slam on the brakes at over 100 miles an hour at the last minute and risk a really big spin so he was going 200 kilometers oh. an hour which is about 125 miles an hour as he passed the tractor which is just it's so bad and he of course was super upset on the radio once he realized what's happened and then after it was red flags came back he was visibly agitated was yelling at people when he got out of the car i don't think he was yelling at the team he was just upset and was trying to get them To realize what had happened, so they could then get upset at the FIA. And Gasly said, "Quote, if I would have lost it in a twelve-ton crane, I would be dead right now." He said that he was grateful to be alive and able to call his family and loved ones, which is just—I've never heard anyone, any driver, say anything close to that. And what's also. Just the extra level of, I think, why everyone and all the drivers were so upset was, so almost this exact scenario is how Jules Bianchi died in 2015. We talked about this a bit before in the preview. At turn seven, it was super wet. A different car had gone off. There were double yellow flags, but not a full safety car. And then as a tractor was removing the other car that had gone off, Bianchi went off in the exact same spot and Bianchi's car was crushed under the tractor. And a lot of drivers on the grid today, Hamilton, Ricardo, Botas, Vettel, Alonso, Checo, Kimai, they were also on the grid in 2014 and New Jules. And Pierre and Charles weren't on the grid in 2014, but they were personally very close to him. So since then, drivers have been very insistent that there should not be tractors anywhere near the track in situations like that.
1: Yeah. And what was crazy is during the race, when they figured out what was going on, what was going on during that red flag, they started to publicly speak out while they were sitting in the garages. So Lando tweeted, quote, WTF, how has this happened? We lost a life in this situation. Years ago, we risk our lives, especially in conditions like this. We want to race, but this is unacceptable Checo also tweeted, how can we make it clear that we never want to see a crane on the track? We lost Jules because of that mistake. What happened today is totally unacceptable. I hope this is the last time I ever see a crane on track. And then I think what really brought it full circle and kind of highlighted how scary this whole situation was, was that Jules Bianchi's father posted on Instagram that The FIA basically had no respect for the life of the driver and no respect for Jules's memory.
0: Meanwhile, the FIA said they would investigate the tractor situation after the race, but somehow found the time to let Pierre know he was under investigation for speeding under the red flag. As Pierre later explained, he said that these are entirely different issues. He admitted he was going too fast at turns 14 and 15 after he saw the red flag, but the tractor was at turns 11 and 12. After the race, the stewards gave Pierre a 20-second penalty and two penalty points on his super license for this. And the FIA hasn't apologized to the drivers. They released a super bland statement saying that taking into account driver statements and the conditions, it had, quote, launched a thorough review. But this will involve figuring out whether race control told the tractor and Marshall to go on track or whether they did it without permission. The FIA pointed out that it was standard protocol for tractors to go out under a safety car. After the race, more people spoke out, and it's pretty clear that all the drivers and team principals were super upset. Several drivers specifically mentioned how after Bianchi's death, it was totally unacceptable. I think we should discuss our reactions here. I mean, how did the FIA botch this so badly? I think there are no excuses at all for how they mishandled this, especially after what happened in 2014, and also how Vettel apparently brought this very thing up in the drivers meeting earlier this week. Everything in Formula One happens in a split second, and it's only right for safety calls and red flags to operate on that same timeline. Like Things happen so quickly. The safety of drivers and personnel are always top priority, and the red flag should have gone out immediately in those conditions. Like Everything should have happened just in that split second, right at that moment for drivers to react to, and they should have red flagged it immediately, which it took them way too long to do.
1: I feel like the FIA – in this situation and then also just throughout this entire season is so badly trying to have their cake and eat it too. I just think it's unbelievable. It seems that they like are super on top of all of their decisions when it's convenient for them. And I think safety never will always trump convenience. I just don't understand how this could have happened. And hopefully after it's crazy that there was already this exact precedent, which is already a crazy situation in and of itself. And they still botched it. But I think hopefully after this, the FIA can start to double down on just like a simple decision tree of how things should work. Like, if this, then that. Because I really think that they need to go back to basics at this point.
2: I totally agree. As Tiki said, it should have been an immediate red flag. And I think what makes it even worse is how much they tried to deflect by starting this whole issue with Galaxy speeding, even though that was just a totally separate issue, and the FI state FI statement was so blase and said, oh, tractors often go out under safety cars. But that's just so different from putting a crane out on the track under zero visibility conditions when a driver has died in that exact scenario at this exact circuit. It's just a total disregard for driver safety, and I think the FI really hasn't shown any empathy for the drivers, Bianchi's family, just saying, oh, we oftentimes put out a tractor during a safety car. they just totally ignores the entire situation and why people are upset in the first place. Mm-hmm. After this
1: whole thing and the red flag, there was the restart. It was announced that there would be a restart, so all the drivers got back in their cars. But then, as the re- but then the restart was suspended, everyone had to get back out of their cars. Lewis weighed in and posted on his Instagram story, "Let's get going. Give it a shot. We'll know immediately if it's drivable or not." Sidebar: I love that everyone's just like on their phones during all of this. We're, we're getting this live. <laughs> Um, So quick note here on the two and three hour rules. So a GP cannot last more than two hours of actual racing. And if there's red flags, the GP can't last more than three hours after the initial race start, including the red flag time. So that's why when the race restarted, it was a countdown from three hours instead of just like lap distance like we would usually talk about on the track. (laughs)
0: So then the actual race, after about two hours of the red flag period, they tried to restart the race and sent everyone out on full wet tires behind the safety car to see how conditions were. Race control pulled the the trigger and did a rolling start. So the race started with 40 minutes left on the clock. Vettel and Latifi immediately pitted two enters and Botas and Lando did right after Then that started the cascade of double stacks and almost everyone pitting for inters. There were some, (laughs) uh, unsafe release incidents that the FIA was looking into. Um, Mick and Joe stayed out on wets. They were hoping for a safety car and a free pit stop. So for a hot half a second, Mick was leading the race until Max passed him. But congratulations, Mick on that, on that second. (laughs) (laughs) that gamble unfortunately did not pay off for Mick with those wet tires. And he ended up having to pit for inners, but the front of the pack was pretty uneventful with Max pulling a pretty big gap from Charles. There were some nice passes in the midfield and an amazing Ocon versus Lewis battle, as I mentioned earlier, but overall the racing itself was not the main talking point from this weekend. I think the Ocon and Lewis battle was just showing how hard it is to pass on that track in those conditions with no DRS. Oh, like it was, it was really hard to pass people. The main drama was when Checo caught up to Charles and P2 with about six minutes left in the race. Checo was driving super hard to help out Max's title hopes. He is such a champ. It was great driving from both of them. They were really pushing on the edge and stuffed such tough conditions. And Charles definitely had some great defending moments On the last lap, they were incredibly close, and Leclerc cut the corner on the final chicane, literally going into the flag, the checkered flag. So he held on to P2 by doing that, but eventually that led to a five-second penalty for gaining an advantage by going off track. So he was dropped down to P3, which then put Checo in P2 position and leads us to the confusion over the championship (laughs) and the win.
2: Yeah, confusion might be putting it mildly. So, yet again, the FIA and the rule book make everything incredibly confusing. <laughs> As we had discussed in the preview, Max needed to win and get fastest lap to get the title if Charles got P2, and everyone thought that hadn't happened. So, first off, Joe got fastest lap, which, okay, amazing. And then after Spa 2021 getting rained out, the FIA changed the rules for rainouts. And if only certain percentages of a race are completed, Drivers get less points, and so people thought that happened here, but there's an additional part of that rule that everyone did not realize. So Max did his post-race interview and was just like, yeah, good race. Sad I couldn't win the title, but good shot in Austin. Then things got so awkward. So the interviewer was then interviewing Chesa- Checo, Interviewing Chesco. Yeah, I
1: wish. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the interviewer was interviewing Checo, and he was like, wait, Max, come back. Charles got a five-second penalty. You're world champion. And he was just kind of like, okay, um, thanks. And some of the mechanics started celebrating off to the side. But according to everyone, including Red Bull's math, based on the points for a shortened race distance, it seemed like he was still one point short. So he didn't actually believe he had won. Please watch the cool down room. It's just so funny. Max and Checo are joking, like champion, not champion, I don't know. And then someone said world champion. Max has to handle but I'm not, or I am. And the handler said, yes, yes, you are. And he said, are you sure? And that is when the horrible red chair moment happens. That
1: horrible red chair. So it turns out that under the language of the regulations, the reduced points rule for short and distance only applies if a race is red flagged and then cannot be resumed. This is related to article 6.5. So Pre 2022, half points were awarded for any scenario between two laps being run and then 75% of the race t- distance being reached. Post Spa 2021, though, the races under 25% distance yield top five points, so six, five, four, three, two, one, and then increase points once 25% and 50% of the race are passed. So everyone thought that the 50% provision would be in place which is the reduced points, only 19 for the winner and 14 for second, et cetera. And during the post-race procedure, however, this rule only applies if a race was shortened because it was stopped and could not be resumed, which is what ended up making this rule irrelevant, given this GP was restarted. So the race theoretically could have been one lap after the restart and still have warranted full points. Again, FIA needs to make things a little bit more clear, but since the FIA... uh, But since the race was resumed, full points were awarded and Charles's demotion to P3 did mean that Max won the championship. He was interviewed again on the podium and that's when it seemed like he realized that he'd actually won. Maybe he got a little bit of his moment, but damn, I feel really bad that he just keeps having all of this confusion when it's D-Day and he's like actually won and he has no idea what's going on.
0: Yeah, I feel horrible for him after what happened last year too. It just, that's not what he deserved after such a dominant season Getting into some quick notes on the teams. So Red Bull, shout out to Checo for some incredible, incredible driving. As we mentioned, A great P two. We hope this momentum keeps going in the North American swing. I think he has not gotten the coverage he deserves for his performance yesterday. I think without him putting that pressure on Charles, Charles would likely not have made that error, and Max would not have been crowned champion that race. And also, side note, but have to give a shout out to the incredible radio moment where Checo is just sort of cruising along. And he goes to his race engineer, are you sleeping? Oh, my God. <laughs> and the race engineer goes, you're just in the groove. <laughs> Classic. It's very very. I Checo. love
2: his vibe with his race engineer.
0: <laughs> are you sleeping?
2: <laughs> For Mercedes, on the other hand, things were not great George was displeased at the restart. He said he couldn't see anything and didn't want to go to Inners. And then he pitted to Inners and said, quote, that was the worst decision we've made. Very Lewis style, I must say. Mm-hmm. Narrator, it was the correct decision and one that literally every <laughs> other car made. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it did put him like all the way in the back at that time, though. I will I'll, I'll throw him a little bit of a bone. But I also got to give a shout out to some other hilarious radio moments from him when he managed to pass Yuki in the battle for 10th. He gets on the radio and says, that was a nice move. <laughs> He's like, okay, Russell, just, you know, patting yourself on the back there. And then moments later, he passes Norris and the announcers go, that was a nice move. Maybe he'll confirm that in a minute. <laughs> oh, savage. <laughs> Which is so funny.
2: <laughs> yeah, the all day, the announcers really have to start digging deep when there's they need to turn things into a four-hour broadcast. <laughs> And meanwhile, Lewis just could not get past Ocon for the life of him. As Tiggy mentioned, it's so hard when in these conditions, you can't go off the racing line into a wet spot and there's no DRS. So he finished P6. For Ferrari, they
1: had a lot of problems with tire dag. You could basically just see on Charles's tires how much more they had degraded compared to Max. And he said the tires were totally gone after only four or five laps. So... Honestly, maybe it was a saving grace for Ferrari that the, lap, that the race did not go as many laps as it was supposed to. I think McLaren, pretty standard race. I think the only excitement for them was Lando's daily dump of his own pictures on Lando.jpeg which is his photography Instagram account, which he is popping off on right
0: now. <laughs> Living for that content. For Alpine, it was a bit lost in the chaos, but they had an amazing weekend. For Ocon, P5 was his best quality of the year, and he had to massively defend against Hamilton to finish P4. And really have to give a huge shout out to him for this. It, I don't think it was just that the track was hard to pass, which is why Lewis couldn't get by him. Like he really had amazing defending for laps and laps and laps. And this was his best finish and just shows showcases his skill. I've said it before. I will say it again. I think Ocon is underrated. Alonso also had a great quality and finished P7. Gasly is probably feeling amazing about his new contract. I wonder how Alonso is feeling. Alonso had some great battles on the track, including that photo finish with Vettel, Race of the Former Champions tier, and also Alonso taking Vettel's seat next year is. It's a beautiful moment, Um, but the baton has been handed back to Alpine in the Alpine-McLaren fight for fourth. It continues to just give us more excitement.
2: For Haas, not too much to report, but Mick wins best caption of the weekend for putting a joke in his Instagram caption (laughs) about being a Grand Prix leader for a second. (laughs) (laughs) For Alfa Romeo, also not not the greatest weekend, P15 and P16, so not the recovery recovery weekend we were hoping for, but... Joe got fastest lap, so that's awesome. <laughs> Woohoo. and And AlphaTauri Yuki was P13, so sad he couldn't get points for his home crowd, but generally they adore him, and the vibes were just excellent. He was on the fences waving at everyone during the red flag, so glad that he seems like he had a fun weekend overall.
1: For Williams, Latifi took P9. Points for him, his first points of the season. We're very impressed. Conditions were really bad, and he definitely... Pulled that one out of the bag. Very well deserved. So we we are very proud of you, Latifi, our king. Aston Martin. Vettel got P6. So that's amazing. He is tied for his best quality of the year. And then P6 at a track that means so much to him overall just makes it a very great, incredible weekend for him. He's very close with the Japanese fans. He's wrapped up a world championship here. He loves the circuit. Very, very full circle. And Seb addressed the fans in Japanese with the words written on his hand in pen and spelled out phonetically. Um, And he had tears in his eyes. What a champion. I think that's just a beautiful moment.
0: Oh, yeah, that was really sweet to see. So to wrap up our Radio of the Week, Gasly, we posted on our Instagram, what is this tractor on track? I passed next to it. This is unacceptable. Remember what has happened. Can't believe this obviously referring to all of the safety stuff we talked about at the beginning. Another runner-up was Charles saying, is it over after the checkered flag at the end, which sums up the general level of chaos. And finally, wrapping up with the standings. So Drivers' Championship, we have a crowned winner, Max Verstappen, with 366 points. Checo 253, Charles only one point behind with 252. So watch the battle for for P2 in that space can prevent Red Bull from getting a one two in drivers in the drivers championship. If he does well, Russell 207, Signs 202. So those two are also very close, which will be fun to watch. And then in constructors. Red Bull has 619 points and could potentially win it in Austin. Ferrari 454, Mercedes 387, Alpine 143, increasing their lead on P4 against McLaren with 130. So with that, we uh, will catch you guys for another episode ahead of the Austin race. And thanks for listening.